Okay, so now we're at our third episode of Establishing Shot. Um, we've done two so far. We're really excited about today's episode because we're going to talk about uh, the Michiana Jewish Film Festival, which is going to be presented um, here at the DeBartolo Performing Arts Center uh, May 9th through 12th. Um, and this is the sixth year of the festival. It's hard to believe this because this is a festival that started up the first year I arrived here at the Performing Arts Center. Um, and I've really been inspired by this in terms of the collaboration that we at Notre Dame have been able to make uh, with our uh, community partners, specifically the Jewish Federation of St. Joseph Valley. Uh, who've been our uh, primary partners on the festival since its inception. Um, we have two guests with us for today's podcast. Um, these are the co-chairs of, of the programming committee uh, for the Michigan Ju- uh, Jewish Film Festival. Um, I'm surprised that they can still see straight after all the <laughs> films that they've watched over the last um, six months, but uh, but we're grateful to have them here to talk about um, this year's festival. Uh, we have uh, Dr. Eileen Sheffer. Eileen is the Vice Chancellor for Public Affairs and University Advancement at Indiana University South Bend. Um, She has a long history of work in education and administration. She served as a dean of admissions. She served as a development officer, as a, a school principal. Um, she currently serves on the board of directors of the South Bend Youth Symphony Orchestra, a group we present uh, here at the Performing Arts Center, and um, Stanley Clark School. Uh, joining her and joining me is Steve Loader. Steve is in his second year as uh, co-chair of the Michiana Jewish Film Festival's programming committee. Um, he's the director of digital and media services at Big Idea Company, which is an Emmy Award-winning uh, marketing and public relations firm. Uh, whose projects have included uh, Sons of Israel, which is a film that chronicles the 115-year history of South Bend's oldest synagogue. Um, He also serves on the board of directors uh, at Sinai Synagogue in South Bend and the Michiana Jewish Historical Society. So welcome, Eileen, and welcome, Steve. Um, Really really excited to talk to you both about uh, this year's festival. It's always a pleasure when we get together to to go through the planning process. It takes a long time, but, uh, but but it's well worth it, I think, in terms of what we're what we're able to put together. So, um, and thank you for taking the time today to talk even further about the festival. Um, so as I was saying, when I arrived uh, here at Notre Dame in 2010, the festival, um, you know, didn't even exist. It was still, it was still an idea. It was still this concept that, um, we at Notre Dame were interested in because we were trying to make more meaningful connections within the community. Um, the Jewish Federation, uh, the uh, the staff of the Jewish Federation was really keen on trying to find ways to connect more with the arts uh, here at, at Notre Dame. And this seemed to be kind of the way to do it was to, to work on a film festival. Um, I know that our staff um, has been really take, has taken a lot of pleasure in working collaboratively with with the staff and the volunteers at at the at the federation, and I think it's probably because we recognized that there were values and goals both on our side and on the Jewish Federation side that really aligned nicely, both in terms of you know this idea of a Catholic university working with a community Jewish Federation to put together a really compelling uh, program of films, and that's uh, I think that's something. That's, that's come together and been realized consistently year after year as, since its inception. So, you know, as, I, as we start to talk about this, um, and feel free either one to jump in on, you know, any of these questions that I have and, and share questions with me. But um, thinking about, you know, as we put this together, 
um, I know neither of you were part of that original festival committee. Is that right? That's I know, right. I, I just I've lo- I've lost track of the last six years. It's all been kind of a blur. But if you could talk maybe about you know what it was like. I I I know you both were around when the festival kind of first started up, and and what what it meant in, as community members to have this you know, have this festival take place here at Notre Dame. I don't know if either you want to speak to that. (laughs) Well, I thought thought it was wonderful. I'm just a film nut, and and I've loved it. And so many of the films that were foreign films and and highly rated, we were not able to see in the community. I'd have to go back and see family in New York, maybe see the film there or make a trip into Chicago. So the idea that this cosmopolitan uh, series of films could be offered here in our backyard was fantastic. And then the fact that Notre Dame was partnering with its wonderful facilities and the price was reasonable. I thought this is just wonderful that this is able to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> myself being a, a Jew by choice, it was around the, the time um, before I, I converted um, to Judaism. Okay. So having that opportunity to get this you know, wonderful array of different perspectives into Judaism um, just gave me uh, a lens into you know, this, this, this wide world of um, broad topics and, and important issues that, you know, I, I find important today. Um, so it was remarkable in terms of, you know, my, my progression as a Jew and just yeah. being able to share, you know, with the broader Michiana community, you know, what it is to be a Jew. You know? And I think, and I think the content of the films kind of reflect, it, it almost would reflect that personal experience that you're describing of, you know, kind of people coming into this. We were talking earlier about the fact that, you know, while we do, one of the great things about the festival is that it brings in a, a, a consistent segment of the Jewish community to Notre Dame and to the performing arts center at Notre Dame. But that's not all, that's not, those aren't the only people who are attending the festival, you know, so people are coming from a variety of backgrounds, of variety of interests. It's always great when we can find things that, you know, not only speak to the to the interests of the local Jewish community, but actually branch out beyond that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's great to hear um, about how that, you know, you come to this from a, you know, a unique position of someone who converted to Judaism and, and how that's, how this has kind of, you know, helped to, you know, uh, help you explore your faith further or kind of con- consider those things even in a deeper way, hopefully. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and also, you know, what you were saying, Eileen, about access. You know, I came here from Boston where um, I had, you know, worked in places where we hosted uh, screenings for the Boston Jewish Film Festival, which is a massive festival that takes place over a series of a few weeks. And one of the things um, that was really key was to, you know, give people access to films that they don't get to see here in South Bend. Uh, that's, you know, something that we pride ourselves on at the Performing Arts Center in general is, you know, giving people points of access to things that, you know, you can't get um, through traditional outlets, through our local multiplexes or, you know, you, you were saying, you know, you travel to Chicago, you're, you're such a film that you'll go to Chicago Absolutely. to see something and that, you know, we should make more opportunities to see things Well, it was locally. amazing to be probably my fondest memory and I still have this thick New York accent, but I've lived <laughs> out here. 40 years is the first time moving out here and a brand new movie came out, say a blockbuster. Sure. And you just walked up to the ticket desk and got a ticket. In New York, the queue would be around the block. Right. You'd wait three weeks. So I think in 40 years, maybe I could count on one hand 
the number of times I could not get a ticket for a particular show and had to come back for mm-hmm. we were talking about show. that we were talking about that recently with regard to our theater broadcasts that we do um, in the cinema that you know one of the things that's really nice about it is you can just walk up to the box office and get a ticket to a show that you would you know if you were to see it in New York or in London you'd have to wait you know you know wait for hours to get to get in line and get get your access to it so it kind of it's it's nice that we can kind of work together in that way um, so let's let's talk a little bit about um, the selection process. And I know Steve, is, you know, we value Steve um, for many things, but among other things, his his ability to, to get us organized in putting together the festival. So we were, as we were talking earlier, we, I was reminded that we started. Was it 150 films that we started with? It was something you know, massive. Whereabouts um, those num- <laughs> near about those numbers? Um, yeah. I'm not sure exact. The exact number, it's but it was over hundred. It felt yeah. like one hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah. Let's well. just put it that way. Yeah. And then it keeps um, keep adding to it too. Oh, we just heard about this film. Let's add this to the that, list. That's right? that's the beauty of, of this process is that there's uh, seemingly a never ending supply of incredible Jewish film out there that people would have no idea about if they didn't happen to do the research that you know that we've done um, here. I mean, there are so many festivals across the country, across the world, um, each showing sometimes a different set of. Film. So I, you know, basically we looked at the past few years uh, worth of festival festival films and a few that were maybe up and coming that weren't exactly released yet, um, trying to find all the trailers that we could possibly find in a format that everyone could view them at, and putting together a list and saying, you know, have a have at it committee. Let's <laughs> let's see how many of these we can watch and which ones speak to us and which ones would be a good fit for our audience here in Michiana. Yeah. Um, and it's um, and we go from so we go from the that original batch of films to where we you know at that point we're just looking at trailers and just kind of reading reviews and trying to find you know what things seem to be compelling looking for you know interesting content kind of a balance of content mm-hmm. in that process and then that those get narrowed down to I think we go to about thirty or so thirty or thirty five films and that's when then we actually have to watch the films <laughs> right and that's when you vote <laughs> right, that's exactly. when we narrow it down that's right that's right so we go to you know we go to a smaller list and then and Eileen you always have some some funny reflections on the selection process when we get down to that smaller group how we go from you know the the thirty five or so contenders down to what the final lineup is which is usually about eight films altogether and um, what 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 is that process like for you when we're kind of going through that selection well you, you like? often have one person who's a real holdout mm-hmm. where they really detest one of the movies and don't want it and you have the other 11 people out of the 12 on the committee thinking it's okay and so I guess there's just a the little bit of negotiation there right. you know uh, is majority rule okay right there right. happened to be one that this, uh, one of the very valued committee members didn't care for a particular film and I didn't care for the same one I said but ten wanted it and the two of us didn't are you okay with accepting that you don't have yeah. to go that night if you don't want to right and obviously the person had a good sense of humor and was reasonable yeah. and said sure this was I think the richest year of the six years with what we had to choose from, Mm -hmm. we really could have picked 12 that were outstanding. We just don't want everyone to be very dark. You know, some of the themes are Holocaust related. They're very serious. They're very sad. So you want people to feel uh, there's some joy in some of the films or you're educating without someone feeling that the festival is a downer. So I think we are... All of the repeat members on the committee are 
very sympathetic to giving someone a wonderful experience for the week because we do have people that come to all eight films. Right. Yeah, I know. I remember it was about two or three years ago when we were going through the selection process and and one of our uh, colleagues from the Jewish Federation was so excited at the first programming meeting because she said, we have a comedy that's actually, you know, good, that's in contention. So we can, because in our first couple of years, I think we did go a little bit darker because, you know, and that, those are often the films that that have, that, that when people think about Jewish films, they think about films that deal with very dark issues, the Holocaust, the struggles between Israel and Palestine, um, and how that's been represented in film. And those are not, those are often not very happy stories to present. But we've, I think we've, because we've strived for a kind of quality representation, we've gravitated <coughs> towards that. But we've recognized that as a festival experience, because part of what the festival is, is it's not just seeing good films, but you're seeing these things in succession, right? You have people who do, like you said, they come out, and we, you know, it's such a it's such a warm experience from you know from my perspective of seeing you know these familiar faces who come back every year and really just immerse themselves not just in one night of the festival but all four nights that we that we present things and uh, and really try to embrace that and and the conversations that these films start between husband husbands and wives or, or fathers and mothers and fathers and, and their their kids it's it's amazing that they go home and they have a conversation that they wouldn't have had otherwise had they not seen that film that night you know and i think that's really where um, I see the, the biggest benefit from this is that it's a it's a it's a, a dialogue surrounding these films you know that um wouldn't have been there otherwise yeah you know? And I and I and also Eileen, I appreciate that you mentioned the you know the kind of contentious nature of the selection process, which is which is a real value of the festival, I think, because you have people who are just very passionately invested in what is ultimately presented. You know, they really they invest. You know, it's it's clearly it's not a quick process. They've invested a lot of time. They want you know they want to be heard. And one one of the things that I really appreciate about how we end up putting this lineup together is the way in which you know we have a real dialogue just about the selections. Um, you know, there's dialogue around the films that, that Steve's speaking to, which is phenomenal, but also just kind of going through and, and thinking about, you know, what's really at stake in choosing this as a representative film this year as opposed to, as opposed to something else. So, um, so that's something I know that um, – and these and, – and, 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 you know, the thing – probably what most people don't realize is that uh, the, the committee that's working together is, is uh, almost entirely volunteer so that people are just giving of their own time – which also kind of speaks to the passion of the project, you know, that people don't, you know, they're not getting paid to do this. They're just doing this because they really want this project to be successful and to see the right films, you know, We've presented. also evolved that initially they were all basically G-rated. Right. We got into <laughs> the area last year. Well, what if something is R-rated but it's provocative and we just have a trailer said not appropriate for young mm -hmm. children or teenagers. And right. that was a little bit contentious at the time. But this year, no issue at all. We want to open it up. Some of the films that are great are a little more provocative. And they're not appropriate for a 10 or 11-year-old. But that's okay. We have eight films. And we're looking to broaden what the total audience is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, and one of the things, before we talk about the actual films that we've selected this year, because I think, it's, like you said, Eileen, it's a really remarkable group that we're, that we're going to be uh, watching in the next couple of weeks, or May 9th through 12th, don't forget. Um, 
is that uh, you know just the sense of community that comes in around the fest around the screenings? Um, it's partly because of the way in which the films are framed, the introductions, and some of the discussions that happen after the films. But also, um, I, you know, Steve, you were talking about conversations that happen among people. We have yeah. this really nice structure where we encourage everybody to stay in between the films and have dinner together yeah. uh, in our <laughs> lobby, which is, has been a nice piece of the festival every year, right? Where everybody you know sort of quickly runs out to the lobby as soon as the the film ends. Grabs their table so that they can, you know, sit with sit with enough people to really engage in those conversations. And those are some of the most kind of exciting parts of the night when people, you know, have a chance to sit and eat and talk and and really think about things that that are put forward. Yeah. So um, I always I always enjoy that part of the festival as as a way to kind of deepen uh, people's experience. So, uh, well, let's let's talk about what what films we have coming up because we've got uh, we've we've got yet another selection of eight, and we in the way we structure this is that we'll show uh, two films a night. First film is at five thirty, and the second film will be at eight o'clock. So we have our opening night. Uh, opening night for the festival, our first film is a film titled Doe, um, and that's followed by Son of Saul at 8 o'clock. So um, who wants to speak to Doe? I remember th- this came up as a early favorite in the selection process when people were thinking about what kinds I, of films. I could do that. Yeah. Uh, it's sort of light. It's a poignant comedy. It's about a religious Jewish gentleman who's a banker and baker, and he hires a Muslim worker who's exceedingly charismatic, and the two people who are not likely to be friends in this bakery come to understand each other. And I think very cleverly it talks about tolerance and leaves you with a very good feeling and a very appropriate film to start the festival because it's followed by, and I guess Steve will talk about Son of Saul, something that's a much Some, heavier film. <laughs> yeah, a, a good um, counterpoint to Doe, uh, which is Son of Saul, which is our heaviest film of uh, this year, but it's also the most critically acclaimed film, um, having received the 2016 Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film out of Hungary. Um, I I have not seen this film, and it's, <laughs> it's probably um, – it's – I've been wanting to see it for a very long time, so I'm very excited to have the opportunity and very thankful that we have this opportunity to show a film that I've just heard great things about and and Ted, I know you've seen it. So I have I'd like seen to it. Ask yeah. you what? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I I mean, I think when we were when we were looking at the lineup this year, I had a chance to see this um, at the Toronto Film Festival last September, um, just as it was being and it, it had already premiered at at Cannes earlier this year, where it had gotten it had gotten a lot of positive attention. It was I think I forget what it had received for awards at Cannes, but it was very it was very much in contention for the Palme d'Or this year, the top prize at at Cannes. And when I had the chance to see this um, film, what struck me is that. When when you walk into the theater and sit down to watch it, it's incredibly immersive into the um, very devastating experience of a man who is uh, a prisoner, of a concentration camp prisoner, who's been who's part of a group called the Sonar Commando, um, and they were responsible for working for the Nazis to help kind of maintain um, the death chambers and, and all that went into it. So um, what's, what, what you see is you're kind of brought into this perspective, brought into this film entirely from the single character's perspective. So you're almost seeing the world through his eyes, even though you're looking at him. You're not literally looking at the same points of view shot that he is, but very contained. It, it uses a lot of close-up shots to reflect um, that perspective. Um, and one of the things that happens very early on in the film is that he um, identifies a child uh, who's been killed that he believes to be his own child. So he takes it upon himself to find a way to try to escape 
uh, from the camp to give the child a proper burial. And it just sets up a remarkable uh, series of events, very intense, very um, very devastating, very heartbreaking in terms of what follows. But, but in terms of craft, it's arguably the best crafted film, I think, that we're going to be presenting um, in this year's festival. And, it's, and, it's, and at this point, it looks like we're probably going to sell out that screening. <laughs> so right. if right. people are hearing this podcast in time, hopefully, hopefully you get a chance to, uh, to, to uh, get your tickets for that. Also, I think it was one of the first films out of Hungary to, to um, win – actually, maybe not the first film, but um, Hungary has a, has, it does have a rich history of filmmaking, but it's really kind of brought back Hungary as a, a notable uh, place for filmmaking specifically because of the attention it received through the Academy Awards and, and other films – uh, other awards that it received um, over the years. So. And it was exciting. You know, I love watching the Academy Awards every year, even though it goes till 1230. Yep. <laughs> uh, but having it win that award, I'm applauding in my living room because we knew we had picked it. Right. And your, your instincts are you've right. picked a winner, but you really hope that's true. Yeah. Isn't so that fun when you're actually watching these things and you see, oh, this is actually going to benefit our program because more people are going to be aware of it. And it's really, and it's not so much, you know, this kind of, you know, I mean, it, it, it's about awareness. It's, you know, and that's, it goes back to kind of why this festival matters in this community is mm-hmm. that, you know, these are films that don't have big marketing campaigns behind them. They don't have, you know, soda cups being produced at, at Burger King to kind of help promote them. I mean, this is, you know, kind of a labor of love to, to get these films out there and make people aware of them. So when something like, when you have the recognition of something like the Academy Awards, it's great that it shines a light on a film like that. And ideally, you know, by uh, proximity, the other films that we're going to be showing over the over the weeks. So uh, that works out really well. Um, so then we have, then we, uh, we move to our second night of the festival, and the first film that we're screening is a film titled Rosenwald. So what, what's, what's the story of Rosenwald? Well, that's the story of the head of Sears Roebuck, Jewish gentleman who did an amazing amount for civil rights in the South in the 60s. Uh, it's only recently it's been brought to light the fabulous things that he did and what a pioneer he was. I had an opportunity to talk to his grandson who lives in Chicago. Mm -hmm. And uh, Steve and I have talked about that it probably will not work for our showing to bring him in, but this is a film we would probably like to partner with one of the other Jewish organizations in town, bring it back, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. have the grandson come in and actually speak to the group because he's very proud of the legacy his family has very well done, very high uh, ratings, uh, mm-hmm. just yeah. very watchable. Yeah, and I think people will love this and find this very heartwarming. Yeah, and I think, and I know that you know we have we do have a rich history of showing um, documentary within the festival, and, and not exclusively showing documentary, but showing documentaries that I think really speak to these kind of stories that these more uplifting stories of of the Jewish experience, which I think you know, this is certainly representative of that. So. Um, I was really glad that this made the made the final cut this For year. Sure. Um, so then at eight o'clock, we're showing a film titled "Remember." Um, Steve, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, remember. So this is a, a different take on um, the post Holocaust, um, you know, example of a post Holocaust drama um, because it's actually a revenge thriller set in the modern day, um, starring Christopher Plummer, Martin Landau. So some giants of you know film um, in this film that. Uh, I think it will surprise a lot of people that that this um, post-Holocaust can be um, a, a revenge thriller. I mean, you just yeah. don't often think about Holocaust films in that 
light, and I, I think this will be a, a fun. And it's it's one you probably don't want to say too much about, right? Twist, right, 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 uh, because that of you the don't turn. Out, yeah, so we have to not fabulous. reveal yes. too much within within the plot <laughs> of the film. It's also directed by um, Adam McGoyan, um, who's uh, probably one of the most prestigious filmmakers um, out of Canada. And we don't, again, we don't typically get a Canadian experience represented within the festival. So that was mm-hmm. that's a nice piece to have. But he um, he's received a lot of acclaim over the years. Probably the film that people best know by him is a film titled The Sweet Hereafter, uh, which came out about uh, 15 years ago. Um, so, yeah, this, I, was, I was glad this, that also this one uh, made it into our lineup this year. Um, then we go into uh, our Wednesday night lineup, which where we have two German films being presented um, back-to-back. At 5.30 p.m., we have the latest film from Christian Petzold, which is a film titled Phoenix. Um, yeah, I could talk about that one because yeah, sure. I know Steve is crazy about the next one. Uh, real twist on this one, too. Someone disfigured during the war. Husband thinks the wife died. She didn't, and she does a different persona. I shouldn't say any more, but mm-hmm. lots of twists there. Uh, wife has a wonderful bent on revenge. Very, very well done. Wonderful. Incredible acting as Incredible well. Incredible acting. Yeah. Um, wonderful yeah. um, little nuances there. If you like film, it's the kind of film you'd want to see twice. You pick something up. Each time you watch it, yeah. but... Uh, Nina Haas, to the actress that's in this film, she's appeared uh, fairly consistently in, in Christian Petzold's films right. that she's, you know, she's starred in. Uh, we recently showed a film, their previous film, uh, I guess it's now been about two years since we showed a film titled Barbara, which was really remarkable. But she's often at the, you know, at the center of his work, and he really builds incredible, you know, stories around her and just, uh, and, and also just experiences. He, he seems to find a good way to... Um, create historical experiences that are very relevant and feel very contemporary. So this is a film set, you know, post-war in the aftermath of the Holocaust. But very clever. Yeah. Very this, clever. this was actually my favorite film out of the group that we've, we've seen here, and I, I'm excited to see it again. Good. To see it with an audience. Because, yeah, to have that reaction. Yeah. Great, great. So what about, um, Steve, what can you, can you tell us about Labyrinth of Lies? Labyrinth of Lies, another post-Holocaust drama set in Germany, um, this time about 10 years removed from... Uh, World War II, so it's um, it was Germany's submission to the Academy Awards for Best Foreign Language Film. I don't, I don't believe it was nominated. It wasn't nominated, but it was on the short list. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And it deals with um, Germany's societal amnesia of the atrocities, you know, perpetuated by seemingly ordinary citizens who you know were persuaded to be, be Nazis, you know, at the at the time, and um, just the brave you know prosecutors who shed light on this subject and. I mean, it's it's another one of those kind of heavier films, but I think I think people will come away with it um, more knowledgeable and you know just a different perspective on on things. Great. Than they had before. We also were very um, careful to do seatability. Mm-hmm. If one film is an hour and a half, the next film might be two hours. Yeah. We, yeah. we didn't want to torture anybody with two <laughs> films that were two and a half yeah. hours each. Plus, we have to take our dinner break, right? That's we exactly have to do right. that's <laughs> that's, that's always a, a key component of it. Is you know, please, you know, when you come, plan to stay for dinner. It's one, as I said, one of the best parts of the festival. Um, we close on Thursday night, May twelfth, with the celebration of Israeli Independence Day. So we have uh, two films from Israel. Um, and the first is a documentary film at 5.30. Actually, both are documentary pieces. Uh, the first at 5.30 is a film titled Above and Beyond. So who can tell us? What do we want to tell us about that? I can do that one. Yeah. Um, this is a great story when it talks about the Israeli Air Force. Mm-hmm. They were a ragtag group. And it's amazing the success they had 
where literally it was bubblegum and bailing wire. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a wonderful story. We have a family in the community that are actually related to one of the pilots, and I think they will be there uh, before that film begins. But it's good for families of all ages, just very inspirational that when you really believe in something, you find a way for it to to happen. It's just a lovely, lovely story. Yeah, this seems to have, of of all the films, this seemed to have the warmest response. I mean, uh, maybe Rosenwald up there, but, you know, as a film that just kind of really kind of made people feel a great sense of pride in watching it. So that's that's great. Um, And then we close the festival with East Jerusalem, West Jerusalem. I know Steve pushed for this one. So what can you tell us about it? So this is a a cultural documentary about Israeli Palestinian relations in, in Jerusalem, which is a contentious uh, you know, city um, in Israel. Um, but it actually offers a hopeful look at um, these group of musicians who are, are building community between, you know, this obstacle that's that's between them. Um, and it features the music of Israeli artist David Broza. So he's mm-hmm. kind of spearheading this effort um, to, to create an album of, of songs that cross those boundaries and bring people together rather than you know, apart or against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so it features other musicians. Steve Earle, um, one of those musicians who's featured in the film, um, just as a, it's, I thought it was a, I came away from it also feeling hopeful. So I think both films that night will, won't will get you down. Yeah, <laughs> they'll they'll yeah. bring you up and, and you'll leave the festival with a sense of hope and pride that, um, you know, it Hopefully. reminds me of a couple of years ago when we closed the festival with this really wonderful film, Under the Same Sun, which was kind of imagined, you know, the use of, um, is it solar energy or you know, green energy as a way to kind of bring together the interests of uh, Israel and Palestine and, and somehow resolve, you know, the year-long, the years-long conflict between um, between Israel and Palestine. So just that giving, again, giving that sense of hope. And um, as you're, you're right, I mean, it's a nice way to kind of come out of the festival with this this sense of, you know, optimism, which, uh, you know, is in short supply sometimes <laughs> when we come out of the darkness of a, lo- of a lot of these film experiences, which are also really valuable. I mean, I think it's, I think one of the things that I always like about the festival is that balance that we strike between films that, you know, we do need to kind of explore some of these darker ideas, but then give some sense of hope. Uh, through. You know, and its perspective is interesting. Steve and I saw it, we both felt it was very balanced. Mm-hmm. We had people that watched it and said, oh, it's so much more pro-Palestinian. Yeah, yeah, of <laughs> or course. Or someone else saying it's so yeah. much more pro-Israel. And right. I thought, no. It's, I mean, it's, it's one of those films you'll, you'll come away balanced. with an opinion on. Um, <laughs> right, <laughs> For right. sure. That's good. But, but at the same time, I, I think you'll appreciate that there are people out there who are, are trying to you know, make their world a better better place wherever they may be. Um, and music is definitely one of those unifying um, art forms that, that has the power to do that. And I think that's why they made the film in the first place. Great, great. Well, thank you both for coming over to talk about this. We're really excited about this year's lineup. And um, I think we're going to have our best, our, our best, you know, audience and best group of films maybe yeah. that we've seen since since we started up back in uh, 2011. And so. thank you, Ted. We couldn't, yes, we you're couldn't a magnificent partner. <laughs> oh, you're you're a magnificent partner, absolutely. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that's, thank you. That's a wrap. Thank you.